I saw a wayward traveler in tattered garments clad While struggling up the mountain it seemed that he was sad His back was laid heavy, his strength was almost gone Yet he shouted as he journeyed, deliverance will Sinking low, he overtopped the mountain and he reached the vale below. While blazing toward that city, his everlasting home, he shouted, oh, My Hosanna, deliverance will come. Let palms of victory, oh, crowns of glory, palms of Till he crossed the threshold of God's eternal life. The crown, the robe, the scepter, the crown, the stone so white. Found in Jesus, the yoke and burdened life. can be used to raise your hands, to clap your hands, but there's victory when you use them. Amen. Whenever I, I think of that uh, song and the verses, I always think of Pilgrim's Progress, and I think of the journey that we're on, and I tell you what, I identify more with those last verses than I have ever before. I believe we're close to that holy city. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Wednesday night, we've just gathered in. We're going to just go directly to the Word. Thank you for the singing. I'm going to invite you to go directly to the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 3. We're still um, feeding on some of the thoughts that the Lord brought to us on the weekend through our brother Murphy. Thank God for that. Thank God for every gift in the body, every gift that, that edifies and brings something. They're all gifts that God had in His hand. He sent gifts to men. 
And those gifts were for the, the body. It's good for preachers. It's good for every one of us. So we thank God for that. Were you blessed? Amen. Okay. Well, some of you were. <laughs> Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. We'll just start reading from verse 1. <clears throat> this is Paul speaking to the Galatians, and he's speaking in a, in a time of transition when they've gone from law to grace. And uh, these are people that he is bringing the message, the transition. John was the, the, the messenger that was before Christ. He was the spirit Elijah. But Paul was the messenger that followed, and he had to labor much to bring the change. And here we're just going to get into it a little bit in verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Now the, this only would I learn of you, received you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministers to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So you see where Paul is going here? He's, he's trying to bring a distinction between circumcision and uncircumcision, between law and between faith. And he's bringing this to a people that, that are a people that are Gentiles that, that would, should receive it by faith, but they're influenced by the law. Now, you can, you can look and say, oh, that's those people back then. We live in the same time. We've come out of a denominational age where it was the, the thoughts, the works of man, and we need to be washed and brought back to the pure word and to just believing the word. Now, let's just take verse 6. This will tie into where we've been in past services. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Let's bow our heads in prayer tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gathering tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to open the pages of the Bible. We believe it's your unfailing word. Heavens and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. Lord, may we be found anchored to this in a time, Lord, when there is much distress among the nations, when there is much in the minds of people. And Lord, we ourselves find ourselves bombarded from time to time. But Lord, may we just set our sights upon you. May we look to you. May we see you, Lord, in your word. May we be strengthened and edified and built up. Lord, we ask that you would minister to us. Lord, it's more than we can do as men. But Lord, we rely on your spirit, on your word to be brought to the hearts of each and every one. 
Lord, bless all that are here, all that are listening in. Lord, we give you the service. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may have your seats. We're going to continue in the thought that we've been in, and um, it is on the prevailing seed. And tonight I want to speak on a promised faith seed. And um, I'm going to just back up a little bit. And to prevail, again, if I can take this, is to be stronger than opposing forces. Now, I'm going to just take this in a natural for a minute. God, when God had looked at all of the solar system, He set His sight on the earth as a place of habitation. That was God's choosing, and He chose that place for which He would unfold so much of His plan. Now we take it a step further. When God looked at all of the nations of the world, all of the kingdoms, He set His eyes on one nation, one people. Naturally speaking, these were the chosen ones, the Hebrews. These were the nation to be the nation of Israel. Now if I take it a step further, the beginning of that nation was to be out of a man called Abraham. Now, the same God that picked the earth out of all of the stars of the solar system, the same God that picked Israel out of all of the nations, and we're coming down to the end where every nation will be gathered against Israel. There's going to be a battle of Armageddon. But that same God also picked Abraham, and not just Abraham, but his seed after him. And what God did as a pattern in Abraham would be the beginning of what he would also do for the seed after him. And it wouldn't just be a natural seed, but it would be a faith seed. Amen. Are, are we with it? Are we understanding? We're privileged to see what we can see tonight. Not everybody can see it. You know, the message that we have, that we so enjoy in, in, in and we take for commonplaces, do you know that there are mysteries that are still hid to the world today? They can't understand how, how Sarah came to a nation and a, and a foreign king desired a 90-year-old grandma to be his wife. And you call her a grandma, well... And Brother Branham would, would say that she didn't, she didn't have children, but he desired her. That's a mystery that's been made plain in this last day. That's a mystery that we ourselves are recognizing these bodies once dead, these bodies once in dead and trespass and sin are being resurrected. And in order to take a rapture, we too will be changed. I'm so grateful for, for these things that we see. And there are hidden within the life of Abraham and the seed of Abraham so many things that we use as a basis for faith. And they're simple and we can follow them. So that's all I'm going at today. I'm not trying to make this complicated. This is just so we can have faith in the God that he did something for Abraham. He did it for the seed natural. He's going to do it for the seed spiritual. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
So to prevail means to be stronger than opposing forces. It means to overcome. It means to influence. And we are at the end time. And at the end time in the world around us, there are two forces coming to a head. There are two seeds that have been sown in the Bible. They were sown in the book of Genesis. They're coming to a head at the end time. There are two marks. There is a seal of God and there is a mark of the beast. And I will just say, and I can just say this, we spend a lot of time, the world spends a lot of time worrying about the mark of the beast. I'm going to say this, if you have the seal of God, God will take care of that. You don't need to go around checking if this acts or this acts. Just get the seal of God. You will not take the mark of the beast. God will protect you. So let's not get our focus on the wrong thing. Let's get the oil, as we've heard. Let's have the seal of God. Let's know where we're standing. God will take care of the rest. And I believe a Christian life is a life that's a life can be a life of rest. Yes, it's turmoil on the outside, but on the inside, you can absolutely know where you're standing. I believe God wants us to know. He doesn't want us to be tossed to and fro, but he wants us to be established. So that's what we're, we're working with today. And I know there's tremendous turmoil, there's tremendous forces, politics, nations, you know, even nature is under great, great turmoil. And, and I'll tell you what, it affects the minds of men. It comes right to our minds, but let's, let's just focus on God. I'll tell you what, sometimes you can be twisted up, you can be this, you can be that. I'll tell you what, there, you can listen to a lot of preachers, even in the message, but I'll tell you what, there's nothing as comforting as putting that voice on, and you can have a confidence, and I'll tell you, just a little while listening to it, and it starts to calm the nerves. It starts to bring a faith back into where doubt was. Now, I, I say this, this was a voice not of just a man from Kentucky, this was the voice of God to this age. And I, I certainly draw strength from it. I, 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 find, I find I need to be in it. I'll, I'll get up some mornings and just be in a walk and, and doing something, and I'll just, I'll tell you what, it, it does so much. It just clears your mind. It sets you forth for the day. It's, it's wonderful. I'm going to just read a couple of things. Just, and I'm, I'm just setting a little backdrop to jump into what I want, but this is, this is going to be a little different. I'm going to take Malachi chapter 4. In verse 5, I want to just read this for a minute. You might not know what this says. <laughs> Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. I'm, I'm just focusing on the second part. The great and dreadful day of the Lord. It's here. But he said, I'll send you Elijah the prophet. And no matter what's out there, this is what's in here. It will do this. It will turn the heart of the fathers to the children, the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Now God was doing that to bring a people out. Back up a, another book to the book of Zechariah chapter 14. Zechariah chapter 14. These are Voice, these are, are, are scriptures that I read from the very beginning of the message, but they're just as real today. Verse 6, it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark. 
Now, I'll tell you what, you talk about a wishy-washy, you don't know where we're at, it's a darkness, it's, it's, but it says in verse 7, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass at the evening time there will be light. We are not in darkness, we are walking in light. Going to back up one more scripture to a few more chapters to the book of Isaiah. You could read out of Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 Arise, shine, for your light has come. Darkness shall be on the earth over the people, but the Lord shall arise. But I'm going to back up a couple of verses to chapter 59, verse 19. This is sort of the basis of where we started all of this. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift a standard against him. God has never left us without defense. He's always given us the word. You know, Brother Murphy touched on it uh, when he was here. And it was out of invisible union, and I thought it was wonderful, and I just want to repeat some of it. He says, but he says, when you see the women go on the rampage, that's the church, okay? Doing anything they want, he says, watch. Now he says, the church, natural and spiritual, is a type of the same thing. The church is doing the same thing. But he says, watch the spiritual bride. When she begins to have a revival, she begins to come back and line herself up with the Word of God. I, I, I want my heart. I, I tell you, I, I feel more than ever, I can't live in a superficial, intellectual realm. You can, you, can, you can be that. You can come to church, and you can say, yeah, I know about baptism. Yeah, I know about this. Yeah, I know that doctrine. I know where he's going. I know where that's going. But how is it applied to you in your daily walk? How is it actually manifesting in you? Because I'll tell you, the end of intellectual faith is here. There you, you can know a lot of things intellectually, but you need to go deeper than that. You need to go and you need to know where we're standing. I need to know. It, it permeates our words, our thought life. It permeates our every action, our words. I get checked on it. I, uh, more and more, I'm aware God knows everything. God sees exactly where we're at. Now, he says, and a message goes out to capture the script, to how the scriptures at that time, a message sweep out to catch that bride. This is the message we're under. Satan is doing all he can to undermine the effect of the message. He'll let weeds grow in your field. He'll let, he'll let distractions. He'll let internet. He'll let social media. He'll let all kinds of uh, relationships and things. Somewhere you need to make room for the message to grow. For the seed word of God to take root and to live out in my life, in your life. I need to do it. There's more pressure uh, on, on, on a minister on, uh, to find the time just to catch the mind of God. But we need to do it. Now listen how Brother Ram says, and this, say, this is part of the same quote, 
Today we see the church natural in their intellectual gospel going farther and farther away from the word in a social gospel. We find the women of the world in the streets carrying themselves in the same atmosphere. You can't tell them they have lost all sense of common decency, the people here. That's the way the church has. The church has also. He says, now, and you see it going straight to the ecumenical council, just as certain as anything in the world, right into Rome, as hard as it can go, because it's prophesied, and there she is. That's her behavior. My, the Lord willing, we, we, somewhere here in the future, we're going we're gonna to take some time just to really look at the nature of a woman and the nature of a man and how Satan has so twisted and perverted it and it creeps right into our thought process into a church if we're not careful. But I'll say this, both men and women, if you're the bride of Christ, you're typed as a woman and there's a part of you that there's, you'll want to give yourself to whatever God says. We weren't meant to have our own thoughts. We weren't meant to have an iron disposition. We weren't meant to have our own name. We were meant to be submissive to God. That's the real, I'll tell you, that's the real spirit of God. That's the Holy Ghost. And he would go on to say, watch the spiritual church in every age, the elected through every revival, in Luther, in Wesley, it happened the same way in Pentecost. He says, now he types the women naturally. They drop them women right back in line with the word and they drift away. And then they go into chaos. But when the time comes that the people are ready to line up, there's a message comes forth and they line up with it. They catch that fresh message from the, from the word of God and they line up every time. It's just in God. Now, you can go right back to the, to the vision Brother Branham had where he ended up screaming, stay in line. And I say, Lord, let's, let's show the lines. Let's show what we have to be, what we have to believe. Let's not sugarcoat anything. Let's not make it a social gathering. Let's make it what it's all about, which is God and his word. Last part of this same quote, this is out of the Church Age book. He talks about if you're a Christian, you will get back to what the Spirit is teaching. That is the word of this age. Every messenger of every age will preach that word. Every fresh and true revival will be because men have gotten back to the word for their age. The cry of every age is the rebuke. You've left the word of God. Repent and get back to it. There, if there's ever been a reason for the, God's displeasure, it's leaving the word. If there's only one remedy to regain his favor, it's to go back to the word. Okay, that was a little mini sermonette in the whole thing, but I just... I, I just, I thought it was good. I, I was just blessed when, when, when Brother Murphy touched on that. It was, it was a blessing. The revealed word by revelation, it, it, it can never be underestimated. Brother Branham would say, in Christ the mystery, God is known by simplicity and of revelation of Jesus Christ to the most illiterate person. Upon this rock, I'll build my church, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, listen how he says it. He is born in there. He injects his own life, 
and your life is gone, and the life of Christ is projecting itself through you with preeminences to the people. They see the very life, the works, the signs, and the wonders that he did. It's doing the same thing through you. There was a quote I just listened the other day, and I just haven't been able to get away from it. I think it's in the message identification. I didn't take it with me. But Brother Bannon would say, he said, your mind is your character. No, he said, your mind is your character in identification. And he says, and we need to invite God to shape and mold our character. Listen, and this is how he puts it. And he says, and then that character will not mix with the world. I, I thought that was so wonderful. And, and Brother Bannon would say, how do you know I've got the token? He said, what were your desires before? What were your desires after? Before I used to love music. Before I used to love Hollywood. Before I used to do that. But when you find yourself repulsed by it, not just, oh, i, I, I got to stay away from that. No, actually repulsed by it. That's when you know something has happened. That's when you know he's living in. That's when it's not an intellectual affair anymore. That's when life is projecting through you. When you don't want to be anything of yourself. When you want just for him to dwell in you. When you actually would rather love to favor your brother more than yourself. That's the love of God. That's the life of God. I believe it's there for us. We've had glimpses of it. But we, we fight through so many things. Okay. Now I, I'm going to take this. Let me, let me finish this quote. He injects his own life. Your life is gone. And he said, watch God's great revelation unfolding. Lack of this revelation is why we have so many divisions among us. <laughs> Christ, the mystery of God revealed. I want to read this. This sort of sets the tone for where I'm going now. He says, um, watch. God gave us a program, the Father's Word, and the true believer holds on to it. He can't help it. It's the kingdom of God in him. And like Abraham, he calls anything contrary to God's word as though it wasn't. And now he goes a little further. The righteous hold on to the word of God because it's the program of God's eternal system. And he says, when God made a man, he made him one way, a woman another way. There's two different covenants, two different plans, two different altogether. They're not alike. They're not meant to be alike. And then he goes into, there's a church natural. There's a church spiritual. They're two different peoples, two different times, two different covenants. I'll, I won't dwell on that completely, but I'm going to move forward. Now, I'm going to take some time. And I want to just go back to Abraham. I, when I went into this, I really hadn't intended. But it's been a blessing as I just go back and I read it. And, and then I start to look at it. And I, 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 I thought, well, I'm going to take something on Jehovah Jireh. But then Brother Murphy spoke that on Sunday morning. So I thought, well, that was the mind of the Lord. <laughs> Thank God for that. Brother Branham would say, and, and he's talking about Abraham here. He swore by himself is the message. When God promised to Abraham, he swore by none greater. 
He swear by himself. Now think about the type of covenant that you're under. I, I was trying to look at this. I, I, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was thinking about this, the covenant. And then I, and it just came to me how God must be because he swore by himself. He can't change his mind. But here's us. We cause him a lot of trouble. And I thought, uh, you know, and he, he must look down sometimes. He said, that Ed Hammermeister... I, I thought he would act better in this situation, but I won't forsake him because I promised. And I thought, how each of us, if we could see how God looks, the grief it must cause him. You know, we're, we're attributes of God. The earth was an attribute of God. And God loved the earth, and he, he had this picture of the earth being a beautiful attribute but now it's filled with violence and with corruption. It's sinful. It's just everything. I don't think God finds pleasure in that. I mean, that's why the earth has to be, has to be baptized with water, has to be sanctified and burnt with fire. That's why we have to be baptized with water. That's why we have to be sanctified. That's why we need the Holy Ghost and fire. So he would say, this is the covenant. Now, he gave Abraham this promise. Now, it's not that Abraham had something special, but he had a special God who chose him. And when he chose him, he had an end goal in mind. And the end goal wasn't just Abraham. The end goal was a seed, a natural seed, but a spiritual seed. And, and, and God saw down history right to where we're at, and he knew there'd be a people that would be identifying with this. So he says, God gave Abraham this promise. He would bless him in multiplying. He took an oath. He confirmed the oath. And he gave this covenant unconditionally, not because Abraham was Abraham. We went through that a few weeks ago. He gave Abraham the covenant because God himself chose Abraham. Abraham, before he was ever born on earth, God knowed all about him, knowed what he would do, and by grace he chose Abraham. Now listen, here's where it comes. And not only Abraham, but Abraham's seed after him. You can say, well, Father Abraham, you know, and we put him up here on a pedestal. I could never, actually, the whole thing I'm trying to do is say, we are just like him. We are no different. He said, how firm a foundation when we got the prince of all princes, the God of all gods, the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the beginning, took an oath by himself and he would confirm this covenant with Abraham and with his seed. Now, this may kind of root up, pull up, shove out. He says, smack us in the face, but let's go back and pick up the Abrahamic covenant. So I'm going a little further. I'm just going to make two other comments here, quotes. God showed in Abraham what he would do for all, the promise of the resurrection and eternal life given to Abraham, but to his seed after him, the called, the elected of God. I don't want to read this whole quote, but I want to take this part. Abraham was the example. And he said, we, he says, he brought Isaac, he came to Christ, being dead in Christ, we take on Abraham's seed and our heirs according to the promise. 
What are you scared about? There's nothing to worry about. It's all done, settled in glory. Quit worrying, trotting about from one church to the other saying, wondering if this is right or that's right. Christ is right. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He started something in Abraham that he cannot go back on. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to go past some of this. I just want to take this because this jumps to the masterpiece where I started to deviate from this. And he said it's taken him 4,000 years to make this masterpiece. That's the Old Testament, which was Christ, started in Abraham. He said he's been nearly 2,000 years making another masterpiece, a bride for Christ. He does it by his never-changing method. That's the way he makes his masterpiece. Now, I think Brother John touched on this when he spoke I think it's a Wednesday, Wednesday ago, but he says God is a builder. He's not, God, God, God doesn't do things haphazardly. He builds, he does things methodically, he doesn't change his mind. If he ever thought of you, if he ever called you, if he ever chose you, he says that was God's best choice. We may be disappointed in how we acted in certain things, but God knew that before we'd ever get there, and He still chose us. So He would say, no, He's, he's never changing. He started, no, He goes on to say in the masterpiece, He started in Abraham after the fall of His first masterpiece. He started in Abraham on a foundation to build another masterpiece. Then he just jumps ahead and says this. He started on the day of Pentecost to build another masterpiece, the original seed word. Started in the first church. What was it? The seed word, the word manifested, the promise had been given. So he started. Now, take those two thoughts together. I want to read one more point here. He says, now he's calling, cutting a masterpiece bride called a church. How does he do it? He does it by his never-changing method. You change. I change. Times change. The world changes. But God doesn't change. You know, the, I, I've, I've thought sometimes thoughts I had years ago, and I thought, how silly, how foolish. Thoughts that I had of this. But yet God, he keeps working with us. He keeps doing it. You know, we, we've been around long enough, even in the message, We've seen a lot come and go, if you've been here. We've seen ideas, we've seen thoughts, we've seen ups, we've seen downs. But one thing has remained stable, that's God's Word. And, and that has never changed. That's our anchor. I, 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 we all may change, we all may have different thoughts, and that's, uh, but hang yourself on one anchor. That's, that's the Word of God. You know, sometimes... I, 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 when I get into this, I start thinking different thoughts, and I thought, we major a lot sometimes. Brother Brandon would say, churches have spirits. And he says, and you go to a church, and he says, generally the people, he says, may get the spirit of the pastor. And, and he, he will give examples of it. And then I thought, you know, sometimes we go to a church because it satisfies our uh, our spirit or a feeling we have in our spirit, but really it needs to go beyond that. Maybe I'm just going to be honest here for a minute. Brother Harold and myself, I, and I would just say this, our natures are, are very different. Right. 
But as I came to church, if I just went by nature, I might not have attended this church. But I was able to see that there was a seed word that was being projected through the life of Harold Hildebrandt, and there was a gift God was using, and that was the anchor. Not the personality. Not the spirit. And that's where we also have to anchor. When we look at one another, we don't look at just the outside, the failings. We don't look at, we don't glorify the outside either. You can do one of two things. But what you need to see is, what is that seed inside that person? No matter how they might act or project, where, what, are they, what are they keep coming back to? Because a seed of God will be in the Word all the way. And that's the thing we need to look for. And I would say more than ever, we don't need to hang our hat on our feelings. We don't need to hang our, we need to hang our hat on God's unfailing word. Lord, I don't understand it, but you said so. That's the faith of Abraham. That's the seed of Abraham. When Brother Murphy picked up Genesis 22 as his title, I thought, he's... he's He's taking the same scriptures I took the last two services and the one I want to take the next service. What's he doing? But I thank God for it. And I, I thought of Abraham. You know, what if God called you, what if he called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12? He says, Abraham, he says, and he says, the only living part of your family is your wife. I want you to take her up to the top of the mountain and kill her. Well, he wasn't ready for that faith yet. And I, I thought, so but God took Abraham step by step by step. He, and, he, and he brought him to a place where now he made his promises real. He received, the, the Bible would say, he received Isaac as one from the dead. And the, and the, death, the deadness was in his own body and in Sarah, her womb was also dead. But he received, Abraham, he received Isaac as one from the dead. So he knew that out of death, God was able to raise up this seed that would represent the continuation of his promise. And so when God said to him, Abraham, I want you to take Isaac, your only son, Isaac, and I want you to take him to a mountain that I will show thee. Now, I don't know what went in the household of, of Abraham that morning as as. as Sarah and Abraham and Isaac had breakfast. So what are you doing today? I'm just going to go on a little trip with Isaac for a few days. Uh, what are you going to do then? I, I don't know. We're just going to go and find a mountain that God told us. And what are you going to do then? I, I don't think he even told her. Brother Ram says he didn't even tell her. <laughs> but, but I don't know. But Abraham, what was he doing? Okay, i got to kill my son. I gotta, no, he was trusting God. He was walking with God. He didn't even know which mountain he was going to go on. But he says, when I get there, God will show me which mountain. Listen, as we have to navigate where we're going to go in this end time, where is the Pope going to come from? Where is the, the, the president going to come from? Where, how is the mark of the beast going to come in? How is all of these things? I, I don't know. 
But I know one thing. I know in whom I have believed. And if I walk with him step by step, he'll take care of it. I could even raise a family in the midst of this age because he promised it. That's the faith of Abraham. It's not a sudden workup. No, it's a steady, sure, steadfast faith. When Abraham went on the mount, and he went, okay, and then God says to him, that mount over there. And Abraham said, okay, and he began to think. Now, I, I believe there, there was an outside part of Abraham that was in the flesh. He was wondering how this is going to happen. But I'll say there was also something on the inside that was saying, I know in whom I have believed. I know he will make a way through. Because this boy I got with me, he already has risen from the dead. This, this is going off my notes, but friends, he's a God of the living. He's not a God of the dead. And the one that was dead was living now. The one that shouldn't have ever been was there with him now. And if, and if God said, I, I want you to kill him, God's able to raise him up. And no matter how dead it is around us, he's still the God of the living. And we're here, we're manifest for him, we are living for him, and he's our God, and he'll take care of us. He's the God of the living. He's not just the God of our afterlife. He's our God right now. He's taking care of us right now. He knows what you're going through. He knows about your children. He knows about your job. But he's the God of the living. He's the same God of Abraham. He's our God. My. That was in the back there somewhere. It wasn't in my notes. Now, in the very beginning, in Eden, it was one womb and two seeds. There was Adam's seed and there was a serpent's seed. But now God is going to make a promise to Abraham, and he's going, your seed, you're going to be the father of nations. Now, God's going to watch over that seed. But let, let, me, let me just take this. There is, and I, I'm going to use just what, uh, I don't want to jump ahead of myself, let me. There was always a Cain and there was an Abel. There was an Abraham and there was a Lot. There was an Esau and there was a Jacob. And their paths walked together for a while. And then they would deviate. There was even a Judas and there was a Jesus. And there was twins. And, and the prophet would tell us, it's always been twins. It always will be twins. And before you start thinking about who's who, I want you to take this to yourself. In me, there, there can be both of these resident because our first birth was wrong. Even our second realm, our spirit, has a wrong nature. But by our soul being born again because there was a germ of life changed, that's, that, there's two twins, there's an outside man, there's an inside man, you need to rely on the inside man. 
So I'm not asking you to look out there. I'm asking you to look inside. You need to see also as much as you need to see the seed of God in a brother or a sister and not the outside. You need to see it in yourself. And say, Lord, yeah, I do some stupid things. But Lord, inside of me is a seed that loves you. Let that seed grow. Let me bring the right womb that that seed can grow the way it ought to grow. So, Brother Branham would now say in, 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 in the end, and he's, and he's saying, why is this important? He said, now look how close we are to his coming. This is a manifestation of the scriptures, like he did in Abraham, bringing the church up in type. Now we find out Abraham's natural seed failed, but the royal seed, which is by faith in the promised word, is being made manifest in the earth today. We are at the end time, brother, sister. We are at the end. Now it it means faith in the promised word, not knowledge in the promised word, faith. I want to go with this just a bit here. Now, in, in the beginning, Brother Brandon would talk about Abraham, and I'm just using this again just for a moment. He said, God gave Abraham the promise. He was a Gentile. He was a Chaldean from the city of Ur, and, and, it, and it was identified he was called a Hebrew. And actually, that name came from somebody that crossed over. Rivers were a dividing ground. Abraham crossed over the river Euphrates, and because he crossed over, he was given the name Hebrew. That was what they called those that crossed over, and God saw fit, yeah, he's a Hebrew, they'll be called Hebrews there ever after, because it's one that crossed over. Abraham left a faith, left an intellectual civilization. They built the Tower of Babel. See, if, if you go in Genesis 11, you read, they built the Tower of Babel, See, because they were leaving off trusting God and leaning on their intellect. You say, well, how can you prove that? Because in Genesis chapter 9, God said, I'll never destroy the earth by a flood again. But, but they said, we don't believe you, Lord. We're going to build up higher than the flood waters ever went. That's, that's the product of an intellectual society. We are living in an intellectual society. Everything we stand for and believe, it's different. The way our women dress, it's different. The way our, our families are raised, it's different. The way we come to church, it's different. But we are we're living by faith. We're not living by knowledge. We're not living even the message we have. It can be applied intellectually or it can be applied spiritually. And I say, there's a greater depth that we need to get into. Don't leave tapes on the shelf and wait for the preachers to preach them. You dig in yourself. You take time yourself. Sit down in a, in a quiet place and read a book for a while. That's really hard in this nervous age. And if you want some help, put your phone in the other room. And take the watch off that buzzes at the same time. I'll tell you what, that'll be good for your soul. That'll put your trajectory in a better place just to put on the voice of God. I sometimes look for opportunities. Oh, I got to drive to a job site. I got to do something. So it's going to be a 45-minute drive all the way. Oh, this is an opportunity. I can stick a tape in. I can listen. I can, I can just put it on cruise, going on the highway, and I can listen. 
take the opportunity. I'll tell you what, it, it puts you into a different path than the world around. Abraham moved into a different path, a different current than the rest of the world. He says, now, Abraham was a Gentile. He became God's servant, not because he was different, but because he was elected. You're not saved because you're a good person. Take your halos off again. Just put them down. You're not saved because you're a good person. You're saved because Christ chose you. No man seeks God. God seeks man. Jesus said, no man can come to me except my Father draws him first. If you could just stop for a few moments and realize the great importance of that one thing, it was God that chose you. Not willing that any should perish, but to give you the opportunity, and he called you and elected you to be his servant what could be more precious than that? When I first was saved, I would walk down the street and I'd think, Lord, why did you pick me? And I'd look at other people. I, I can't vouch for where they were, but I said, I am really one of the few. No, if, if, you're, if you come out of the world and say, oh man, I had to leave all these good things behind, you haven't really left yet. I wish I could just keep my, my record collection or my DVD. Let's make it more current. My DVD collection. I wish I could keep Netflix. I wish I could. You haven't been called. You haven't crossed over yet. I'll tell you what. It sets you on a path you don't even know where you're going. Abraham, his faith declared things that he wouldn't even receive in his lifetime. He, he would begin... It says in Hebrews chapter 11, he went out not knowing whether he went. And he looked for a city that had foundations. Now that city wasn't even in existence yet. That, I, I believe there's a quote somewhere where Brother Ram says, where he met Melchizedek, that's where Jerusalem was built. Now he started walking, looking for that city. He met the king. Wow, that's wonderful. I would rather meet the king of the city than I know where I'm going. I, I tell you what, when we received this message, it was not just William Branham. I received Jesus Christ coming down in this last age. I haven't just received a gift. I've received greater than a gift. I've received a, the very God himself that has purposed and come down to call a bride for himself. So Abraham actually projected more, but it was, it was like his seed after him. And they would, they would begin moving into it. Okay, I've got to move. I can't read all of these. Abraham, because, see, because he was looking beyond, he didn't always place value in what was right before him at the moment. He, he, you know, the saying is, well, brother, you're preaching, you be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. No, that's not what I'm talking about. You're looking at something greater, and the time you spend in church on a Sunday, on a Sunday or a Wednesday means more, not just because out of duty, but because it's bringing me closer to my real thing. You don't serve him. Out of the law, you serve him because you have to. Well, this is what they'll say. That's where the message can be a law or it can be grace. You, you can, 
Brother, brother said it this way, and I thought it was good. You know, if the message is just rules to you, that will only take you so far. Because rules without relationship brings rebellion. Somewhere, I don't like this. I don't even want to be here. But if you're in relationship, you're a sheep. Lord, shear away everything. I'm nothing without you. You mean the world to me. If, if this displeases you, Lord, I want to be pleasing to you. Amen. So this is what, what, what Paul was, was dealing with and, and, and fighting with as he was, was going to, to, to them here. Now, I, I'm just, my, my time is going away quickly on me. I want to read this because God always had in his mind, not just, let me just say this, not foolish virgin, but he had in his mind a wise virgin. Now, they were both of a high quality, but one was the predestinated part of what he projected. So, he also, he projected a natural people as he was building to something, but he was really looking at a spiritual people because that natural people needs to come to a spiritual application yet. The Jews need to come to hear about what Jesus Christ did for them at Calvary. They need to understand it's not about the law. It's not about putting, put it, putting your, your garments on right and the priest getting in. That was a shadow they still need to come to it. So, in the church age book, Sumerian church age, Brother Bram says this. According to Romans 4.16, we find that God has given a sure promise to all of Abraham's seed. And Paul puts himself and the believers under that designation because he said, Abraham, who is the father of us all. He goes on to narrow his, his definition, for in Galatians 3, he identifies the seed singular with Christ, and those that are counted the seed children as children of the promise, promise having to do with election or the choosing of God. And then he just, Brother Bram breaks it, says, now, in very plain language, the true bride of Christ was in the mind of God eternally though not expressed until they each came forth in a certain designated decreed season, as each member came forth, it became expressed and took its place in the body. Thus the bride is the literal spoken word seed bride. Amen. Though she is feminine in designation, she is called the body of Christ. It's very apparent she ought to be called that for she was predestinated in him, came from the same source, was eternal with him, and is now manifesting God in a many-membered body, whereas God was once manifest in one member, even our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, so... God in his mind, he had something. Now, let's go back to Galatians chapter 3. I'm just going to try and get the scriptures I want here. Go back. We read from verses 1 to 9, but I want to pick this up from verse 10. 
For as many as are under the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continues not in the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Now no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident the just shall live by faith. That's what Luther had to break in the midst of the Gentile age. Because the religious spirit came on a church and it brought rules and designations and that's why denominations never have, never will be of God. The just shall live by faith. The law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Now let's read, this, this, read verses 13 to 16. Just listen to this closely. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. So he was the part of the body that took death for the whole body, but that the whole body might live. And he says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, you can, read, you can watch all the Bible movies, you can take all the historical accounts, you'll never maybe find the evidence you need to find the pieces of the cross, to find somebody who, who sketched a photograph of, of Christ on the cross. You might not find all those things because it's not by intellect, but it's by faith. I believe that He died for me. Why? It was typed in Isaiah. It was typed in all the Scriptures. It was typed in Isaac. It was typed. And when he came, he did that. And then, how do you know he died? Because the Spirit that was on him has come back on me now. That's how I know he lives. Oh, he lives in me. It's not rules and regulations. I believe, and I believe that he who died will also see me through to the other side. You can't prove this. You can't even prove it by Brother Branham's testimony. You, you, can, you can hang your hat on his testimony and say, well, he was the prophet. He was this. He was this. That won't do you any good. You, you might need that. But listen, when, when people came to Brother Branham and the gift that was there, and we know there was a first pull and there was a second pull, but when they would come in the prayer line, it wasn't because Brother Branham told them that in some cases he actually did. He said, go on your way, you'll be well. But I believe he was identifying something that was in people. And when he would start speaking to me, your name is Eva, you're in such and such an address, what was happening right at that moment? Something was happening that they recognized, this man, I never told him this, Something greater is here. Now, some people took it and say, oh, that was a nice gift. Let's see you do it again. But to the real believer, they saw it one time and they believed it. And when they believed it, so the discernment didn't save them. The, the, the knowledge didn't save them. But the faith that anchored back, that's what God found pleasure in. That's still what he finds pleasure in. Now you say, Brother Ed, I've never been in a lineup. I've never been. I got cheated. I got robbed. No. Thomas, 
Thomas was the one who was our identification, said, I don't believe what you said, you know, and then finally Jesus shows up, Thomas, here's the holes in my side. So there is some Thomases, yeah. And before we just say doubting Thomases, you know, we all sometimes need a little more help, a little more faith, and God gives us that. But the greatest way, the, great, the Gentile way, was not by touch, feel. It was by simply believing the Word. That's the blessing of the Gentiles that's come down. That's the faith that pleases God. Okay. Now, he would say, the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that they might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be a man's covenant, yet it can, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and to his seed were the promises made. He said not to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is of Christ. Now, if you actually take the lineage in Matthew and you, you take the lineage of Jesus Christ, it was 14 generations, 14. God didn't start at, Ab, at, at Adam. He started at Abraham. And it was, why? Because that's what God was building. He was building something that was in Abraham. And then Hebrews chapter 2 says, and when Jesus came, he took on him the seed of Abraham. He believed the word that was written of him. And the word, he actually went to the grave on one scripture. You'll not suffer your righteous one to seek corruption. Now he had to believe just like Abraham believed, but it was a pattern for us also. I don't know if I can believe in Laodicea. We were, you were born for this. That's why the message came your way. That's why God, that's why he's Jehovah Jireh. He knows. He sees. He will not suffer you to be tempted above what you're able. He understands what you're going through. Now I'm, I'm going to take a scripture here. This is, I'm going to go, I'm going to, let's go to Galatians chapter 4. I'm skipping Romans. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4. I'm going to take just a couple of quick scriptures to we wind down here today. Galatians 4, verse 21. Tell me, you that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? So this is Paul, again, speaking to the Galatians. It is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. And he would say, these things are an allegory. They are two covenants, one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth the bondage, which is Agar, which is Hagar. Now, I'm going to just stop there. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 16. I'm going to just take this. We'll just tie this in a little bit with something, and then we'll pick it up again. Genesis 16. Now, this is, remember, God starts his program. Now it's one seed, Abraham's seed, but there's going to be a pattern, and it starts as a promise slightly doubted. So, 
Sarah was the intended womb, but Sarah, who, who didn't, who couldn't raise herself to that level, she convinced Abraham to take Hagar. Now, it wasn't Abraham, it was, it was the church, it was the woman that, that did that. I'm saying it because we ourselves, we don't have the means, we have to take the seed that was given by the Father. So, it says in verse 4, and he went into Hagar, she conceived, and when he saw that she was conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarah said unto Abraham, My wrong be upon thee, I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes, and said, The Lord judge between me and thee. And Abraham said to Sarah, Your maid is in your hand, do as it's pleasing to you. And when Sarah dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. So now, here's Abraham's seed in the wrong womb, but God's watching over the seed. Why? Because the next verse, the next verse says, and the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain on the way to Shur, and he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, from whence comest thou? Where are you going? Like he didn't know. And he says, and I said, I flee from the face of my mistress Sarah. Now, God could have saved the Jews a lot of trouble. And he could have said, listen, just go in the wilderness and die. It'll be better for Isaac. It'll be better in, in, in the age we live in when the Jews are encompassed by the Palestinians. No. It was Abraham's seed. Now, this is the promise slightly doubted. Watch how God watches. Because he told Abraham, you'll be the father of many nations. But now, so he's watching over the, your steps when you were slightly doubting. When you went and you, 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 you didn't exactly follow all the message, he was still in you. He was still with you. Just like he was there, the seed was in you, but you weren't walking in the fullness of it yet. Oh, aren't you glad for this covenant? And he says now, and he says, and the angel Lord said to her, return to your mistress, submit yourself to your hands. And now the angel reaffirms the covenant to her and says, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly. It shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, behold, thou art with child, thou shalt bear a son, thou shalt call his name Ishmael. Now, if you actually take Ishmael and, and the, the, naming, the, the meaning of the name Ishmael, it says, God shall hear. In other words, his ears were open. In other words, it was, I, it was Abraham and said that, oh, that Ishmael may live. And God said, yeah, he'll live. <laughs> See, it was still Abraham's seed, even though it was the wrong womb. And he says, she'll call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard thy affliction, he shall be a wild man, his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he'll dwell in the presence of his brethren. And, and so he's making a promise of what he'll be, that nature, it follows right down to this age. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God that seest me. Now, I've often wondered, why was it in Genesis chapter 22, it wasn't God that called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh. It was Abraham. How did Abraham ever get that? It actually started here. Because the angel said, 
You're the God that sees me. In other words, Ishmael means the God that hears. And he says, have I also looked after him that seeth me? Wherefore, the well was called Bir Lahalariah. It is between Kadesh and Bered. Now, if you look at that name, Bir Lahalariah, let's try and say that three times in a row. If you look at that name, it says, the well of him that liveth and seeth me. In other words, God was watching over that seed, even though it was the right seed, but it was the wrong one, but God was watching over it. He was watching over you when you were living in, in, a, in an unborn, unregenerated state. He watched over that seed. I look back from the day I was saved, and I can see at certain intervals something interjected. It wasn't me. It was God that was looking after me. Listen, I know I'm just beyond, but i got to finish this thought. Now jump, like, this is now Ishmael. Now jump over to Genesis chapter 24. Genesis 24. We're looking at the continuation of the seed. Let's just start in verse 56. And he said, this is when they're calling, when, Ili, when um, Eliezer went to get Rebekah, found her at the well, she accepts, and he says, Now, hinder me not, seeing the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. We will call at the damsel, inquired at her mouth. And they called Rebekah and said unto her, Wilt thou go to this man? And he said, I will go. And they sent away Rebekah, their sister, their nurse, and Abraham's servant, and the men. And I, I won't get into this today, but this is, this is amazing to me because this is a promise now of possessing the gate of the enemy not given to anybody else, but to the womb that was going to hold the seed. And it says this, And they blessed Rebekah and said, Thou art our sister, be thou the mother of thousands of millions, and let thy seed possess the gate of those that hate them. And Rebekah arose and her camels, and she followed, and she rode upon the, man, on the camels, and she followed the man. You know how the Bible is so descript. It didn't call the name Eli, it just called him the man. The focus wasn't on the man. The focus was on the bride meeting the bridegroom. And he says now, and, he, and he, she took Rebekah, and Isaac came from the way by the well Lehorai. It's actually the same well where Hagar was, where the angel met. What was Isaac doing there? And then that well, it says there right in your margin, the well of him that liveth and seeth me. Here is Isaac, the seed of Abraham. He says, I know I've got to continue what was started in my father. There's got to be the right womb for this this time. And God, the same God that watched over the seed when it was in Hagar, that same God was watching over the womb that was, that was to be the right seed for, 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 for Isaac. Now, if you want to listen to a message before Sunday morning, you can listen to the seed. It's not air with the shuck. But anyway, he says, here is Lehorai. So what's he doing? He's, he's at that place. He, he's, he doesn't know what the success of, the, of Eliezer will be, but he's there saying, Lord, you see, you know, you're the same God. There's a supernatural place here. Listen, musicians can come. I'm winding my way down. Jump over to Genesis 25, verse 10. The field, now Abraham dies. The field which Abraham purchased of the sons of Heth, there was Abraham buried, Sarah his wife, and it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac dwelt by the well Lehorai. Why? Because I know God sees. I know he watches. 
Friends, the same God, if you're coming to a place in your walk where you recognize He's Jehovah Jireh, He sees, He knows, He acts. And as much as He acts, this is what I'll get into on Sunday, there's got to be a response. And it's got to be by the right womb, the right conditions. As much as God predestinated the seed, He also is watching over the womb. We'll leave it there. Is that all right? Amen. A promised faith seed. That's what we are living out. It's not what the rest of the church, this is the bride that has so fallen in love with him that she doesn't care about her own thoughts, her own ideas anymore. She just cares about what he wants. Let's stand together. Thank you for being patient. I just went a few minutes later. Apologize for that. Got into something I couldn't get out of. Is that all right? I got into a lot of things I couldn't get out of. (laughs) But the Lord watches over us. Oh, my. Isn't he wonderful? Amen. Amen. Let's just sing, uh, let your word be born in the manger of my heart. I I want his word to to live in me. What what was in Abraham, I want it to be in me. That's what was in Christ, what was in Abraham, that should should be in us. We can start with verse 1. T'was a tiny, simple stable, all beaten and worn. Hardly a place for the king to be born. Did you someplace special to reveal his majesty? So I know if I'll give him control, he'll be born in me.
be pleasing. Pleasing. Let me. Let me. 